Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at icloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about the things that people are hiding from themselves and others. You know, those deep, dark secrets we probably want to go to our grave with, or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really, the how, when, what, where, and why of it all. So today, my guest is Greg. Now, Greg, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What <laughs> is your secret? Um, my secret is that I haven't dated in over a decade. That's 10 years. That's 10 years. <laughs> but it's been longer than that. Wait, so how many years has it actually been? My last long-term relationship, we broke up 24 years ago. And I dated a little bit after that, but it's, I, I don't know if there's an exact date. I haven't been keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean there's not a calendar on your wall where no. you're like checking, uh, like X's. in prison? You know how they count the days? <laughs> right. No, no, there's not a calendar like that. <laughs> I, I just compared it to a prison wall. That's funny. <laughs> okay. So you got out of the relationship. Yeah. 24 years ago. Yeah. Was it a bad relationship? Did it break your heart? Did Oh, it broke my heart. It wasn't a bad relationship. In fact, we're still really good friends. And uh, it has turned into a really good friendship. Mm -hmm. But it did break my heart, as did my previous relationships. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so, you know, I, yeah, I analyze, I overanalyze, I look at, I read, I listen to people. Um, and it, you know, a lot of it goes back to, you know, dad, but, you know, when really analyzing the quote unquote, three long-term relationships that I had, there was no love coming back to me. Oh, so it wasn't like an equal partnership or equal availability or right. flow. Right. Um, my first long, long-term, it was two years. Uh, relationship, you know, I was 22, mm -hmm. it, you know, so that one, sometimes I feel like doesn't count because we were both. So it young. counts. It counts. Okay. It does. That does two years at 20 years old counts. Um, so, so that, you know, that was like, I had just come out. I, and you know, he pursued me quite heavily. And then it felt like once we were in the relationship, then he was pursuing other people at the same time. So uh, mm, I've uh, never done that, people. I've never <laughs> done that. I am 
<laughs> very moral person. Just kidding. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, so I got out of that relationship and then I moved to New York and uh, dated some in New York. I mean, you know, my self-esteem was just in the toilet. So that's the best way I can describe it because when I was in New York, I was drinking a lot and, you know, doing all that stuff. And mm -hmm. then I moved to Los Angeles and quit drinking, um, which for me isn't a very good thing. And I got into another relationship uh, with someone who was six years younger than me. And, um, and how was that relationship? It was not good. It was not good. He was very controlling. And um, after we broke up, he was diagnosed as being bipolar. Mm. So um, that explained a lot. When I found that out, I went, oh, that's why. <laughs> I had that similar situation, not with like a lover or somebody, but a roommate I had. And she got diagnosed and I was like, oh my God, it all makes sense. But yeah, yeah. Then, it, then it made sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so of course there was no love coming back that way. And then my last one, who I'm really good friends with, and you know, he's a good guy and he's still very generous with me and, you know, but anyway, he, um, he was just not, he's just not a relationship oriented person. Mm. So, um, did he go outside of the relationship too? Oh yeah. It was an open relationship, but I didn't know it. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, he, he didn't tell me. <laughs> he didn't tell, he didn't tell you, you guys are having an open relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So do you feel like you've just closed yourself off to a certain extent yeah um yeah <laughs> i don't know what else to say because it's like you know that that pain that hurts all of that hurts and yeah. i don't i don't know what it's like to be in a relationship that's equal i have no clue um and you know after 24 years it's like there are calluses You know, just, yeah, just protecting me because, um, yeah, to open up like that again, I don't know. I don't know. Have you tried to get out there? Have you, you know, gone into the scene, did the, you know, swipe left, swipe right that I cannot imagine doing? Um, I have done the swipe left, swipe right thing. Um, I've only met a couple of people on the swipe right part <laughs> and, uh, they weren't, they weren't matches. One of them was already in a relationship and was just playing around and, you know, it's, just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard out there being a gay man in Los Angeles, especially when you're older. So, you know, which is what my short film is about. <laughs> yeah, we will get to that. But I definitely have other friends that have said the same thing to me. What do you think it is about the gay community, especially in Los Angeles, that makes it so difficult? Um, a lot. There's ageism, uh, looks, status. You know, if I was a rich guy, if I had a lot of money, I'd have boyfriends. You know, they'd probably be very superficial, but you yeah, know. they probably wouldn't be what you wanted anyway. <laughs> yeah, but at least I'd be having sex, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh so so you know, I, I I mean I do okay for myself and you know, but that I mean that's another thing because it's like a status thing and you you feel inferior to other men because you know they may be driving a Bentley, you know, and are you going to go out with a guy that's driving a Bentley? It's, you know, it's that, uh, it's that self-esteem thing that I said before. Do you think because the two, you know, two of your relationships ended in an open relationship that you didn't know about and the other one, you know, he was diagnosed with 
a situation that you cannot help, that he needs prescription drugs to help him. Do you feel like that has tainted your view on relationships? It's possible. Yeah. I was in therapy after the bipolar guy and she helped me incredibly to get through that and get out of that. But I haven't been since the last one. And I've been thinking about, you know, seeking professional help because I don't like my situation. I do want to be in a relationship. I went to uh, Brazil, as you know, a year and a half ago and um, had a fling with a young, younger man, which, which is another thing that my short film is about. Um, <laughs> And uh, it was really interesting because uh, in Brazil, they don't seem to have the um, ageism or the money thing or whatever. They just, you know, they like people. And, and he was very sweet. And it was really nice to have just someone hanging around or being around someone who was emotionally available, you know. But unfortunately, he lives in another country and I was there for two weeks and <laughs> that was that. But uh, it felt great, you know. And so, yeah, I'm not, I, I want that. I want something like that. Maybe not with someone so much younger than me, but, you know, someone closer to my age that, you know, I can talk to or I can like sit and watch Netflix with and go to dinner when we were able, when we're able to go out again. Oh, yeah. My question for you, though, it seems like when you're talking about this guy in Brazil, that there's this little spark that happened, you know, that that connection you felt between and your face like lit up his face lit up. You guys can't see it, but it lit <laughs> up. And I'm just thinking like that was a year and a half ago. So you when you came home, didn't you feel like, OK, like I do want this in my life? Yes. Yes, I did. Um we, we had a lot of common interests because he's an artist and extremely talented. And, um, and so we connected on that level. And uh, I was there with my friend Dana and he took us to art galleries and to shows. We went to the, went to the Philharmonic there because he took us to the, to the uh, opera house. And um, so, you know, those kind of same interests were fantastic because we could talk about that kind of thing. And, um, even though he spoke English very well. So that was a good thing. <laughs> um, no, but I'm saying like, I know it's not him. He's in another country, but I just like you felt what it like, it felt like to connect to another human being in a yes. romantic sense. Why didn't you jump on that feeling when you came back? Because I came back to the same thing. Mm. Nothing, had, nothing here had changed. But you, you know? had changed. Yes, but then, you know, um, there, I met him on an app in, in Brazil, mm -hmm. which, you know, like I said, they're very open down there. But I come back to the same app here and, you know, crickets when I, when I swipe right. Yeah, it just, it just felt like I just came back to the same situation. Mm, I see and what you're saying. Like a, like a repeat. And so, yeah, I had all that great feeling about being with him, spending time with him. And um, so that, that came back with me, but it faded pretty quickly. So here's my other question for you. He's probably wants to kill me already, but here's my other yeah. question for you, because I also feel like when things don't show up in our life, for me, I'm just talking about for me okay. and anybody else, it's because I'm blocking something, not my oh. circumstances. And you did say when we talked for a second that, this secret that you've been single for over a decade longer, two decades, it sounds like, 
you kept it even from yourself. How did that happen? Denial. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a good question. It's, you know, I mean, I knew that I'd been single that long, but I didn't, I didn't dwell on it and um, kept thinking that, you know, someone's around the corner or something. I don't know. Were you even looking? Not overtly. I always say that I'm open to it, but then, you know, <laughs> most of my friends are straight. So it's, you know, the crowd that I hang out in, it's like not very diverse in, in that respect. So um, I don't know. I, that's a good question. Well, I always like to look at these kind of secrets and things we hide from ourselves mostly. I like to look at the seven deadly sins, not in the religious sense, but in the character defects. Like we all have a little bit of sins, you know, in us. So which one of these do you think has stopped you from moving forward and exposing and opening yourself to dating? So we have pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth. It's like between envy and anger. <laughs> okay, tell me why. Tell me why between, I mean, um, for each of those. Well, I look at other people in relationships and I get a little, I get envious. Um, you know, especially if they're long-term and appear to be very healthy, fun relationships. I do get envious of that, yeah. Um, anger, um, uh, yeah, maybe it is envy. I think there's a little anger though. I think Well, there's there's anger, you know, the the whole the whole dad thing. The whole dad thing, you know, makes me makes me angry even though, you know, I've worked through I did the 12, you know, 12 steps and worked with through it with my sponsor and I guess there's still some anger there cuz I do think about it, you know, one of the big secrets that came out when I was doing the 12 steps, you know, is I finally admitted that my dad beat me mm. when I was a kid and it was always for something that he screwed up on, you know, he screwed up on something. I did something and then I got beat. So when I look at that, it's like, he's the one who should have gotten the beating. You know what I mean? Because he fucked up, not me. So, um, can you, can you tell us one of those times? Um, yeah, this one's a really deep, dark secret, uh, that I think I only shared with my therapist, but, um, yeah, my dad had a, had a rifle that he always kept in the front closet of the house. And whenever, uh, his friends would come over, you know, he'd pull it out and he'd brag about it and that kind of thing and, and talk about it. And, uh, one day this, uh, neighbor kid came over and I didn't, I didn't want to do anything with him. I just wanted to be alone and blah, blah, blah. And I took the gun out of the closet and I pointed it at him. I didn't know if it was loaded or if it wasn't, you know, but um, I got a really bad beating on that one. And it was my dad's fault because that gun should not have been available for me to even look at, let alone sitting in the closet, you know, where I knew it was, where everybody knew it was. And um, yeah, that one, I remember like it was yesterday. It was, it was extremely painful. And then I'm, you know, I was always trying to please my dad after that. Mm. um yeah and it seems like too like you were just modeling what he did when his friends came over so as a child we model what our parents are showing us for you to get punished for that is sick it's sad yeah and you know and it's I got the beating mostly because he was embarrassed in front of his friends because you know the kid went back and told his mom my mom happened to be there. And so it was just a, it was a really ugly situation. 
And yeah. uh, so there's that anger with that. And my relationship with my dad growing up was not great. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think he may have detected that I was gay uh, and just, you know, I didn't even know I was gay until I was, you know, until I was 21. And then I was like, oh, is that what that is? Um, you know, how did you, how, you honestly did not know you were gay until you were 21? No, I didn't. I, no. I no mean, I, inkling? No. I mean, I didn't know what it was because right. growing up, I didn't, you know, I grew up in the Midwest and, you know, where I went to school not only was that was like not even talked about, but you know, it's a white, white, white school and not one person of color in my entire school. So it was like this, you know, pasteurized, homogenized uh, environment. And um, so I, I had no clue. And then I got to college and then I met a few gay people and um, was horribly offended or, you know, just, couldn't deal because I didn't know what it was. And then, um, finally, like the, did you, they gross you out? Was that like a, cause it, it was inside of you? Well, it was, yeah, I was fighting what was inside right. of me. I just was like, you know, I had the most beautiful girlfriend in college, <laughs> you know, and she was a doll and she would do anything for me, but, um, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't ever going to happen. Did um, you sleep with her? Almost. Almost. <laughs> It was, Have it was you very, slept with a woman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, several. Um, yeah, Whoa, he's in, bragging. <laughs> His yeah, eyes just I, went up. <laughs> I even asked a girl to marry me. So, um, Oh, but my that God. Was, that's another secret I did not know. Really? When did you do that? When I was living in New York and the AIDS crisis was like rampant and nobody knew what was going on and my friends were dying and you know, most gay men were scared to death. You know, you get a little sniffle and you think, okay, this is it. I'm done. And um, this one friend of mine, just, I loved her. She passed away of breast cancer a few years ago, but, mm. um, you know, I was just, I was so frustrated and, you know, nobody was helping. The government wasn't helping. And uh, I just, we we're walking down Broadway and I just said, you know, Pam, will you marry me? And she was, so great you know she she didn't uh she didn't act weird at all she just said you know greg you know why you're saying this you know why and we had this long talk and she was just wonderful mm. um and uh so so yeah i had had some girlfriends <laughs> i mean during that period of time too i also dated this other girl that and we had sex a few times because I, you know, the whole ace things was scaring the crap out of all of us. So I you were trying, trying to, to force yourself. You were like committed to trying to make it go away. <laughs> and all the, all of my, I, I again was hanging around a lot of straight people and they were all encouraging me in that direction as well. You know, well, here's my question for you. And we've, and everything you're saying is kind of making sense for me because it seems like the three main relationships you've been in, the man was unavailable in a sense. And it's not seemed, in a sense, but they were. Yes. They, well, I was trying to be gentle, but, yeah. and you said it all tied back to your dad. It's well, it because your like dad it. was unavailable. Like to me. Yeah. Yeah. So you've gone after people that are unavailable and it didn't end up happily ever after. So now no. you've just been cutting that part of yourself off. Apparently. <laughs> 
So who do you think the secret of being single a couple of decades from yourself even, who did it benefit and who has it harmed? Well, it's harmed me. I don't think it's benefited anyone. I, there's no benefit in it, in my opinion. I'm not a loner. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're even, not. Even though a lot of people, a lot of people think I am only because I've been alone and I seem to do okay. And there's that depression that I is another reason I want to seek professional help because, you know, now we're all trapped at home. And uh, like today, I had a student this morning, and which is always good for me. Um, and then my session with you here, and <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, what else am I going to do today? It's just I'm here alone and no pets. <laughs> So, hey, yeah. listen, uh, on the other side, though, I have a child and a husband and a pet, and it is can be depressing also. So okay. on the other side, being around people, the same people all the time, it's a lot. Yeah. So you think, oh, they might have it better, but, you know, everybody is struggling right True. now. Yeah. So right. my last question for you is how do you yes. move forward in the future? I don't know. <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, there, there are the answers of getting out more and, you know, date and going on. I kind of despise those dating apps. Um, I could never do those dating apps. I can't understand them at all. You know, because I, I look at some of these people and I go, God, these guys are all losers. And then I go, but wait, I'm on here too. <laughs> <laughs> Reality check, mirror <laughs> yeah. right in front of you. Exactly. Exactly. So, um so yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of baffling to me because you'd think you know being in the theater there'd be lots 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 of opportunity, but no. So I don't know. I just have to get out and maybe seek professional help would probably be the the best thing for me right now. I mean, I think when anyone is having trouble connecting and the times they tried to connect was to unavailable people, it's always good to look at that pattern. So maybe you're like stuck in this pattern or you need to look at so it can like shift. Yeah, I agree. Because you're a very handsome man. You're Thank very you. charming and you're a great <laughs> you. person. So you should be out there getting some booty or, or like <laughs> it, going to dinner. <laughs> and if anybody contacts you, feel free to give them my number. <laughs> okay. I will be your matchmaker Pimp. now <laughs> Pimp. oh i'm making money oh that's perfect <laughs> well thank you for coming on and sharing your secret with us thank you for having me it's uh it's an honor to be in your presence even if it's on zoom <laughs> all right well thank you guys for listening and until next time bye Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.